Greetings and salutations, and welcome to another exciting season of the Recasted Podcast. The podcast that avenges old movies by coming up with fictional remakes. Okay. Yeah. We've been going strong for a while now, and hopefully by now you know the drill. If you don't, we've changed it up a little bit this year to start with our films, and we're doing something a little different in that we'll be going back-to-back movies from four of the top directors in the mm-hmm. world that we chose <laughs> that we chose we'll be starting with one of their very first films and then we will follow it up with their most popular films according to according to rotten tomatoes rotten tomatoes who do not sponsor us who should sponsor us <clears throat> so to begin this gauntlet of directors we've got detective hassa hello and looking for a good place to live it's me chris or sleep. I don't know what the guy did. Um, the first theatrical film of great directors is often obscured in history, overshadowed by their more popular and successful films. But really, you begin to see their brilliance in directing skills. That's why we're doing their very first theatrical releases. Mm. And to start off, and according to scholars and fans alike, we will be recasting Alfred Hitchcock's first theatrical release, The Lodger, A Story of the London Fog. Yeah. <laughs> the silent film. Yes. <laughs> We're starting our year off with a silent film. Yes, it was released, according to Wikipedia, released in England, London, mm-hmm. February 14th, 1927. This so. is our second silent film. Yes. Uh, uh, the other one was... The Cabinet of Dr. Cabinet Caligari. Of so, according to the Encyclopedia Britannica, Ooh. this was not his Alfred Hitchcock's first film. So, his first film was Always Tell Your Wife in 1923, um, but he did not receive credit for that. His first solo credit came two years later with The Pleasure Garden, but, and was followed by The Mountain Eagle in 1926. But uh, this movie is regarded from him mm-hmm. and his students as his first real picture which is why we chose it um that and it also gives more of a hitchcockian film the other ones were a little bit different like the pleasure garden is not not very hitchcockian and stuff like that because this was kind of creepy and weird this was very Um, atmosphere yeah hitchcock driven you know Uh, i don't know about you but i had some weird music in this one Mm. in the the version i was listening like there was actual like singing no, I didn't with have that. lyrics. So, I feel like whatever version I had, they just like modernized part of the music. Maybe because I, I I I just watched it on YouTube. Yeah, this you can old, find this it. This is on an YouTube. old enough movie. It was just on YouTube. Um, I think. Oh no, it's is it not? It's not one of my fun facts. Um, but I believe in 2022, this movie becomes public domain. Is what I think. Remember reading because it is like almost a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and there Which, is so a, it is now. Yeah, then. and there is a a limit to copyrights. Yes, despite what people think. So there is public domain. Despite what Disney tries to get away with. <laughs> yes. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. that. So just so you're clear about why we chose this particular film as Hitchcock's quote-unquote first film. Yes. So. We've done a few Hitchcocks. No, we've done one for sure. We've done Vertigo. We did Vertigo. Do we not do another one? Um, y- yes. No. No? I think we only did no, Vertigo. No, we only did Vertigo. Yeah. Because that was for our San Francisco month. Mm-hmm. So this is our, our second Hitchcock. Yeah. We'll do one more after this. We will. His we'll quote-unquote be best film. Yep. So. How did you uh, like The Lodger? It it was an experience. Silent movies always are. Silent movies are, and you, you got to give it to them. Um, and it's always fun to watch it because some of the actors are actually really good. Um, Igor, I can't remember his last name. Ivor? I, Ivor Novello. Chandelor? Yes. Um, Evo Chandor. Evo, <laughs> Evo Chandor. Um, he No, the, the guy that played the lodger, I thought, did really well. He like Especially, like he really really had good emotion in his face and in his eyes like and he, he really knew how to do it um the guy that played joe the police officer mm-hmm. 
I, uh, he just stared at the camera so much. Yes, he did. I'm wondering if that was the the direction or yeah. Uh, Malcolm Keane is his name. Yeah, he just even the photo of him on IMDb is him staring directly at the camera. But he was always and something about his eyes in this were so creepy. Yeah, because they were like I'm guessing they are blue or something, but Mm -hmm. it's like that weird like it's so abnormal. Um, it it's a good movie. Mm -hmm. You can see a lot of Alfred Hitchcock in it. Yes. Um, especially the way um, the lodger looks. The fact mm-hmm. that one, you don't even get a name for him. Um, kind of the weird like love triangle between the three of them. Yeah. Um, some of the shots, like I was surprised because, like as I've said, we haven't seen that many silent films. Mm-hmm. We've only done two on the show, but I've seen a couple in my lifetime. Yeah. The camera doesn't normally move, but in the first opening shots of this thing, like mm-hmm. it's in a car and being driven around, and like yeah, that's. The police and that's then... pretty interesting for the era that that was fascinating too because you watch it and you're like look at all the people just crossing the road because these cars aren't really that fast no and yeah we're like you know try that nowadays you can go <laughs> um yeah and there were a lot of really good shots and really like well done set pieces i guess and you know just the angles and the colors like a lot mm. of that main front door when it's looking down and yeah. Um, you do yeah. get a sense of like kind of the same thing we had from Dr. Caligari where it's like this kind of they, they did exaggerated. That, they did that thing where like they, they almost did the thing. It was pretty close, but like where the, where the person is searching the murderer's bedroom and yeah. the murderer is coming home and like, oh, they're going to get, yeah. oh, no. oh no. But they, they, they did it close. Like yeah. she was searching his room and he was like sure. putting his key in the door and, yeah. but then it just flicks to her being in her, in her room and. Oh, there, there oh, goes, I'm going back there to goes all the tension. <laughs> go back to yeah. Um, yeah. The the story. Uh, I mean, it, it was basic. It was basic. Yeah. Um, I don't like the fact that we don't know who the Avenger is. Know who the Avenger is. So that's changing clearly in yeah. mine. Um, and I have a couple thoughts on it too. But yeah, Joe, it, right? It should be Joe. It it is Joe. It, it should mine. either be Joe or Daisy. It's not, you know, I mean, you could do the twist and make it Daisy. You can make it her dad, too. I mean, just because he does go out that one night. And... Mm-hmm. It's true. Anyways, um, we'll get to the changes shortly. Would you like some fun facts? I would love some fun facts. It's fun facts, or as they say in silent movies. <laughs> good, good, good segue. <laughs> okay. Audio podcast. <laughs> Audio podcast. <laughs> So, this is the first movie directed by Alfred Hitchcock, if I could say his name right, it'd be great, in which he makes one of his trademark cameo appearances. Here, it's as extra in newspaper office. Mm -hmm. A modern source also has him standing in a crowd as a leading man is arrested. So. I did not see him. I tried to keep a lookout, um, and I, I didn't catch him, but he... Probably I also doesn't. don't know what he looked like in 1927. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I don't think he looks how we, we picture I, him. I remember him when he looks like in the 1950s and 60s during his television show. Because I loved mm-hmm. Alfred Hitchcock Presents as a kid. No. I know it sounds weird, but mm-hmm. I did. Uh, so for the opening of this movie, Alfred Hitchcock wanted to show the Avengers murder victim being dragged out of the Thames River at night with the Charing Cross Bridge in the background. Charing? Charing? I know. You lived there. You I should know. know. I don't know which one that... Whatever. Uh, but Scotland Yard refused his request to film at the bridge. Hitchcock repeated his request several times until Scotland Yard notified him that they would look the other way if he could do the filming in one night. Hitchcock quickly sent his camera and actors out to Charing Cross Bridge. I'm going to say Charing. Uh, to film a scene, but when the rushes came back from the developers, the scenes at the bridge were nowhere to be found. Hitchcock and his assistant searched through the prints but could not find it. Finally, Hitchcock discovered that his cameraman had forgot to put the lens on the camera before filming the night scene. Oh, Oh, wow. So, yay for the cameraman. (laughs) I bet you Hitchcock was pretty pissed at that. That was a really long one. Took a lot out of me. Yeah. Um, A fun fact for the olden olden times. Uh, When the gas lights begin to dim in the family's kitchen, they're shown scrambling to find a coin to put in the gas meter, Mm -hmm. which the husband has to access by standing on a chair, for comedic effect at least. Uh, That's not part of that, but... (laughs) 
this was the main method of payment for natural gas and electricity in Great Britain at the time. Still, millions of gas and electric cu customers pay at their meters in the 21st century, but now debit cards, keypads, and memory chip keys are used instead of coins. Seriously? Apparently. Huh. I don't remember. That seems but... like a backwards way of doing it. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. But whatever, you know. Yeah. Or, hey, you know, maybe it's cheaper, too, if you're only paying for... It's like, oh, dimming. That's dimming. Uh, no, my, my phone's charged. I'm good. <laughs> I don't need power tonight. I don't need power tonight. <laughs> Uh, so the original novel ends ambiguously, with the readers never sure where, whether the lodger was the murderer or not. The Reportedly, the novel called Who Is He? Who Is He? Reportedly, Alfred Hitchcock wanted to film it that way, but the studio forced a rewrite of the ending because they're the studio. Always manipulating. Yep. As it felt that audiences wouldn't like a popular star like Ivor Novella uh, to be shown as a possible killer. Some other adaptations of the story also have changed the ending to one where the lodger is definitely proven to be the killer. Should be also noted that this has been remade at least twice by 20th Century Fox, but the last one was in 1959, so I think we're okay. Yeah. And that's your fun facts. Play them out, Steve. <laughs> okay. So, how are we changing this? Or do we want to talk about it some more? Um, I, I do like this, by the way. I don't remember. I talked about how if I liked it. No, I liked it. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was very well done. Um, I I have I have never not liked a silent film. That mm. makes sense. Um, I always think they're at least at the very least interesting. Obviously, they're a little bit on the boring side sometimes. Like this was kind of hard to watch occasionally because like there were whole conversations that you just. You had to guess. You just guess what they say because, the, like, at the end of it, there's just a card saying, you know, <laughs> she's this, going. This, I, yeah. I never got that too. And I think one of the things I read is they had cut the number of cards from like 400 to like 80 or something. Hmm. Weird. Um, but I never got it. But because there's a lot of conversations, and then they put up a card to be like, this is exactly what they said. And you're like, okay, they, but they said way more than that. <laughs> they said way more. And this is only a really tiny part. Yeah. Of a conversation like that they'd... there was having there was huge arguments between the three of them mm -hmm. about you know who um, Daisy should be with and yeah. blah 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 and um, I also don't think like I don't think it was it was written well like there was no reason for Daisy to not like Joe like he seemed perfectly fine until the lodger showed up yeah um, and that's when he started getting weird and possessive and stuff like that but like there was no reason why she should um, immediately see the lodger and be like oh. Oh, like, um, I work at the Golden Curls. <laughs> Does she? I, I don't know, to be honest. I'm sorry. All the women in this movie look the same. And I think that was on, 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 per, on Probably. purpose. Because, um, like, you, like, the first woman who gets killed looks like Daisy. Yeah. Like, like. <laughs> Which apparently they did. They filmed that shot where her, like. The scream? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently she was on her back sheet of glass and like on top and that's how they were filming it so that her hair was like properly mm. yeah um that shot that they did of the lodger pacing mm -hmm. where they looked up at the ceiling and then it slowly dissolved into him walking back and forth like clearly on glass that was really well done yeah i thought that was so cool for like a a silent movie era effect yeah. um so but yeah I, I really enjoyed this i really I really like watching the performances from these people because, like, they're clearly over the top and everything. Because, like, these they, well, have, they have to be they have to be right? ex expressing themselves. Yeah, but like, I don't know. Just it's it's good. I liked it. Which also so. makes me wonder if that's why, you know, you get such expressive hand gestures from us now because mm -hmm. there's things they did back then. I'm doing it now. <laughs> yeah. There are things that they did back then that they had to do because that's the only way they could express it. Like. The the landlady sticking her like teeth, like chewing mm -hmm. on her nails, kind of like, oh, I'm nervous. I don't know. And you're yeah. like, yeah, okay, yeah, you know. But that also came from like theater. Yeah. Right? Because you had to be more expressive and more emotive, right? Because the audience in the yeah. back rows had to see what your emotions were, right? Yeah. And it wasn't until Those much... in the standing rows. Yeah. And it wasn't until much later when you could do things like close-ups yeah. way more effectively that subtle emotions you know can be brought across on on screen so 
But I think you get some of that from from Ivor, from the Lodger, like yeah. the way he's about to cry in some scenes when he's talking about his sister and stuff like that. But, um, but you later find out about his sister. Yeah. Which okay, I'm gonna say this when I was rewatching it, I'm like, I I guess they did it to kind of still make him a suspect because when his sister dies, mm-hmm. the lights just get shut off, and he is nowhere in that scene anymore. Yeah, he is. No. Isn't he? I, I couldn't find I him. I was pretty I, sure he was part of the crowd. I did not see him in the crowd. No. Yeah, well. See, this is the maybe, problem. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Because maybe I just missed it. But because basically he's dancing with her mm-hmm. and then the lights go out and then she's stabbed and then the lights come back on mm-hmm. and she's see, dead. And I like, I don't see him yeah. in the crowd. Here, here's the other problem. Like how many girls were murdered before Joe was put on the case? Mm-hmm. And Joe doesn't know that the guy staying in his building is this, the brother of one of the murder victims. Well, he wasn't on the case right away. No, I know, but like, wouldn't you be like, okay, I got the file. He's like, oh, weird, this dude that lives in my building. <laughs> but does Joe live there? I am assuming so. Oh, I didn't. I think he was just stopping in to see Daisy <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Okay. Well, I assumed he lived there. He but... had a crush. Yeah. But he could. But he had more than a crush. They were dating. I know. Clearly, they were dating. Clearly. Yeah. Maybe maybe he didn't know. Um, no, I assumed he wasn't there. And then the other thing is, do they ever give the lodger, like, does he ever give the name? Because he just kind of comes in and be like, oh, I see you have a room nope, for a that's life. why they always call him the lodger. Yeah, but in, in the story, because mm. they have no idea who he is. No. But he somehow can just afford. It was the 19, what, 20s, I'm assuming, when this mm-hmm. was supposed to take place. Right? Something like that. I don't know when the book was. Which is one of the things I definitely want to keep, by the way. Yeah, it's got to stay in the past. Yeah. I love the fact that it's... Um, but yeah, I, I definitely want there to be a murderer. Even if it's somebody else in the story. Um, somebody else who's just like tangentially involved. Like someone mm. who just keeps going, coming into the background and stuff like that. And it's like, oh shit, it's that person. So... Um, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm... Oh, kind of like talking? 12 Monkeys. Yeah. Where, like, you keep seeing David Morrissey's character throughout the story and in flashbacks and yeah. stuff. Where you're like, you don't think anything of him yeah. until the very end. You're like, oh, shit, he's the actual monkey plan. <laughs> he's the monkey plan. <laughs> so, are you tweeters, ready? Tweeters down the road. Yeah. Are, are, are you ready for my, yeah, my change? So, this is how I'm I'm envisioning this. So, for one, it's Joe. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spoil it right now. It would be Joe. What I want is it's because of his obsession with Daisy and he doesn't want any other girl around him and blah, blah, blah. I want all the kills, kills, all the ladies that are killed to be somehow related back to Daisy in weird ways. So his sister, the lodger's sister, I want it to be that she bought her dress that she's wearing to that party, her coming out party. Mm. And that was the dress that Daisy was wearing at the show because daisy was clearly a, a mannequin that's what it says daisy and then a mannequin so i'm guessing i'm wondering if that was just weird i didn't know if that was just weird like alfred hitchcock stuff because like he didn't treat no as women or actors very well but like, i'm assuming that was kind of a like a it was basically a, a fashion show where yeah. people could right because mm-hmm. that's what the lodger does he goes to one and he buys her that dress yeah so i want that to be like the dress that his sister was wearing was one that Daisy was showing Modeling. and Joe somehow happened to know. And that's why he ends up killing the sister. He's like, no, you're not good enough to wear this. Only Daisy can wear this. Um, and then other ones are like, at least one of the other models need to go. Somebody that's connected somehow mm-hmm. to Daisy. Like they all need to have this weird connection back to Daisy. I don't want it to be at the very end that you can tell it was Joe. That sounded weird. It needs to be at the very end. I want it to be after they catch uh, the Avenger. Mm-hmm. And Joe's like, oh, yeah. And then we caught him. <laughs> so the way I'd have it is at the end when Daisy and her mom and dad are going to visit the lodger, Joe shows up and be like, oh, no, he's, he's still on the lamb. This Avenger was the wrong one. You need to come with me. And the lodger's the one that figures out it's Joe. Yeah. Whether or not you want to leave the movie there. And not know if Daisy ever makes it out is something I'd leave up to somebody else. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd well, be you, a race. You could, you could do one of those things where they're like they're like carting they're carting the lodger away, and he's like 
no, I didn't. I'm innocent. I'm not the one who did it. And then he yeah. looks back, and Joe just kind of smiles at him. He was like, <gasps> and you have that like. It's either that you have that like flashback yeah. of all the all the, all the clues. That I would, it's I would have his that, job. but I wouldn't have it that they were hauling off the lodger because they've proven that the lodger's not the killer. Mm-hmm. Something something along the way, they're yeah. just be like, oh no, he was with he was with the chief of police when his sister died, or whatever. He was here. Yeah. I do want them to find him at one of the crime scenes, but he just missed the actual killer, which is Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you can tell we're not mystery writers. No. <laughs> But I want it to be like, oh, he's flashing back, and then he realizes it's Joe. But you don't know where Daisy is mm-hmm. anymore. I, I, I do want it to be a lot more um, mystery centric. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be just like, oh yeah, and we just we we cut him off screen. Yeah, right. Because like they they kind of hint that it might be Joe at the beginning because he says, mm-hmm. oh, he likes blonde girls just like I do, yeah, just like me. Um, uh-huh, and then, nudge, but nudge, then, but then think. the whole movie is clearly, it's supposed to be the lodger because mm-hmm. like he almost like he grabs a fire poker and it looks like she's, he's going to hit her. Yeah. And like they do these weird camera angles with stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. And I want them to really, I want it to be like really push like, oh yeah, it's going to be the lodger. I mean, well, we, we've 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 both seen movies where they've where they have played multiple suspects against each other. Yeah. Right. Every scream movie does that. It could be anybody, except <laughs> it's obviously the boyfriend. It's Matthew uh, Lillard. <laughs> There's two of them. Um, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Like, we, they can somebody modern could definitely rewrite this in a better way. Yeah, and I think that's where you really could play with who is it? Because mm-hmm. you're right. You could 100% make this Daisy. Right. And you just, you really, and that's where you pitch. It's, it's the lodger. It's Joe. Turns out it's Daisy. Yeah. Like you wouldn't think that. And that's where you can have it where, yeah, they go out, like the lodger and her go out and then he gets, she goes, no, you guys are fighting. I'm leaving and runs off. And then there's another killing and you're like, but the two of them were together. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. how do you prove who it was? <laughs> Get the pipe. Call Sherlock. Where is he? Where's Robert Downey Jr.? Benedict Cumberbatch. They're both in this movie now. They're playing police detectives. Pick a pick a pick a Sherlock. Any Sherlock. No, no, they're both Sherlock now. One shows John, up. Johnny Lee Miller. Yeah. Oh. Eh, okay. He was a Sherlock. Yeah, he was. I, I know. But then we're having Lucy Liu as the only uh, Watson. I don't know. I do like um, oh. Martin Freeman. Yes, Martin Freeman. Or Jude Law. Yeah, Martin Freeman. I was trying to think of who whose was whose, and I'm like... Martin Freeman was Cumberbatch's. Yeah. yeah. So. It's Watson. Mm-hmm. Elementary. And then just out of nowhere, just Hugh Laurie shows up. I was technically alone. <laughs> <laughs> just Hugh Laurie can show up. He can be the chief captain. Yeah. Ian McKellen. He's like, I was an older Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> hmm? I think that's all that are, that are alive right now. <laughs> There's been a lot of Holmeses. There are a lot of Holmeses. Yeah. There was even the dog, Wishbone. Wishbone. He is I, don't th- th- I don't think he's alive anymore. That was the <laughs> 90s. Probably not. But he did do The Hound of Baskerville yeah. as, a, as one of those stories. So, Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I definitely want to keep this in the era just because I think it would be fun mm-hmm. to do that. Um I, yes, I want it to be written as, as a better murder mystery, um, where it is way more ambiguous as to who the killer is. I would love it if it was more pointed towards who it, that it actually is Daisy, um, for whatever reason. I don't always think murderers need a reason. Um, but I think that's kind of the the one good thing about this is, yeah, you don't know the reason, mm-hmm. right? Why is he the Avenger? Why is he leaving these cards yeah. with triangles? Like, yeah. you never know the reasoning no for it but that's also where it doesn't pay off because you don't know who it is mm-hmm. it's just a random and they're like oh this is just a separate story from no. this more interesting story going on mm-hmm. that is clearly modeled after jack the ripper but it is and it isn't hmm. one he's not killing prostitutes two he's not no removing body parts no right like the jack the ripper did was horrific so. I went on the Jack the Ripper walk in London. Yeah. That was really interesting. Mm, that would be. You gotta go to all the places. In Whitechapel? Yeah. That's Whitechapel, right? Somewhere around there. Yeah. 
Another good movie. Where you with uh, from Elf? Yeah, I like that one. Another good detective movie. Yeah. Just a really bad British accent from uh, Heather Graham. <laughs> you should have just gone just the rough. <laughs> you should have just gone the Robin Hood. Just keep the the American one. But I can do a British accent. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, can we talk about Mr. Hitchcock? Yeah, let's talk about Hitchcock. What's he known for? What is Mr. Hitchcock known for? Psycho. Alfred Joseph Hitchcock was born in late Lindenstone, Essex, England. Ooh, Essex. Mm-hmm. Known for, what'd you say? Psycho. Correct. Um, vertigo. Correct. Birds. Mm, no. No? Um, oh, I was going to sh- say. You should get one more of these. You was, probably won't get the fourth. I was going to say high anxiety. No. Nope. But then I realized that's Mel Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a playoff of Hitchcock, so that's where I got stuck. Um, dial in for murder? Nope. Uh, Give me one more guess. Hitchcock. Not a horror, more of a thriller. Double indemnity? No. Is that even one Oh, that stupid plane. Yeah. And then rope is the fourth one. I didn't think you'd get rope, though. Rope? Rope. Is it, is it just a killer rope? No, nope, it's about um, two men who murder somebody and hide him in a trunk. Oh. And then have to have a dinner party. Well, he's the, the 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 victim is in the trunk in the middle of the room, and it's like one oh, okay, and it's one long take. Like they they did it so that it was kind of like yeah. really long takes. Yeah. So like the whole movie is edited as it it doesn't cut, but it cuts occasionally. Yeah. Like you know the camera pans away type of thing. I'm right. sorry, you said trunk. I thought they put him in a, in the the back of a car, and I'm <laughs> no. like. Why is it in the middle of the room? <laughs> Check out our car. <laughs> Don't open the trunk. Yeah. So, actually, Rope is one of the movies I've always wanted to do as part of this thing. Later. Yeah. Um, just not, because it's one of those. It's not his first. It's not his most actually, popular. Actually, kind of like this, where um, I didn't think about this until we talked about Rope. I do want to have this as very, very few sequences outside the home. I like the fact that a lot of them took place within that. Mm-hmm. That um, tenement building or whatever you want to call it, yeah. right? Um, and Which I, was pretty big. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes they were. Yeah, you know, most of them now um, aren't that big. But. No, but yeah, I I think that'd be more interesting. I think that'd be fun, just because then you get to play with the personal dynamics of these two people or these three people or five people talking, mm-hmm. and um, and less about, you know, so. yeah. I agree. Obviously, you'd have to do some of it outside, like. You know, when they find out him going to her show, yeah, stuff like that. Couple right. of the murders yeah. uh, when they go for a walk, and then their mother's like, "Oh no, why did we let him go out? I wasn't watching." She's twenty something, but she's just a mannequin. She's just a mannequin. I was. You know what? Was, Hold on, I'm I, gonna look those. I up. did think it was pretty weird that they had a bath scene in this movie. Yeah, but it did lead to very psycho. Style, mm, right? True. Mannequin. But still, 1927, that must have been pretty risque for them to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So, anyway. Shall we move on to the cast? It's a very short cast. Uh, so this might actually be a short episode. But yes. uh, what are you looking up? I was looking up the history of mannequins just to see if there was an actual... Like, if that was a word... Okay, which arts you know, jointed model no because i was like maybe like, that's... was it a job before it was a thing yeah no really doesn't sound like it was okay it's just a, it's a weird reference that they make but because i'm guessing she, little... she was a model yeah but then was she also a showgirl again i don't think she was part of that that group i think it was just because they were all blonde girls you were supposed to worry about them. But I thought she was in with the... Uh, so they need, they need to explain this. But see, that is another thing, too. Like, for that first opening montage... Sorry, I keep remembering things I wanted to change. That's fine. Um, for that opening montage, like, part of it should be... I kind of want the, the town to be scared. Right? Like, they don't get a lot of murders. This isn't, like, modern-day London. Right? What? Yeah. It's modern. It, it, it's old London. I'm pretty sure they have a bunch of murderers. But not, it's not the London that they have now, where everywhere is watched. Yes, but not a lot of murderers with very specific. No. Right. Like this is clearly a serial killer. But I think right? it. 
I agree with you on, on part of this. I think a lot of the ladies and everything should be scared and frightened and, and hurt. Like, blonde Perfect. girls should be dying yeah. their hair or stuff like that. Like, well, that one girl's like, look at this wig mm-hmm. I got. Yeah. I think the guys and, like, the father and husband are all fascinated. Yes. Because all of them want to solve it and all of them are trying to figure well, out, you, but they're not in danger. You see that at the beginning mm-hmm. when that woman, that eyewitness is recanting, recanting her story to the... Yeah shop owner and he's behind her with like the his coat over his yeah. face and she freaks out and they go you asshole yeah. right <laughs> like i kind of want that yeah. and when they go into the pub and then it's like and that kind of weird like oh what we're looking for a guy in cuffs and they're like oh, he was just here and then everyone gets up and like storms off to go chase him yeah, like i want all the guys to be like oh we're on yeah one guy except breaks for his that, glass except for that one guy is like i'm drunk i'm good <laughs> Well, nah, guys. Nah. <laughs> the lead know, against the bar stool. <laughs> I know my limit. <laughs> I stay within it. Yeah. Go BCL. L. Okay. So there we go. I got it. No one in this movie had proper names except for Joe and Daisy. <laughs> no. Um. So. And come on, Joe. Yeah. I'm Joe Police. Yeah. Um. So. We'll start with. Her husband. <laughs> the husband. IMDb just has it as her husband. Because it's the landlady mm-hmm. and her husband. <laughs> so, um, Arthur Chesney played the husband. Do not. Do not try the... <laughs> what have you remember him from? Uh, this movie. <laughs> nothing else. He is in something called Fanny Hawthorne. Okay. Sorel and Son. Ooh. Colonel Blood. Oh. And this. Yeah. Colonel Blood sounds like it's a supervillain. It does, actually. I'm he was born Blood. in ni- 1881. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing he died. And he, is, he died at 67 in 1949. He died well before either of us were born. <laughs> he died like a full 40 years before either of us were really born. <laughs> oh, this, shit. Is, this is fun. It'll get better. Yeah. Okay. We went old. Uh, one of our directors is probably in that same time period mm. later. Okay. The husband. The husband. You want to go first? I'll go first. Um, clearly, because this is set in England. Mm-hmm. I was taking British people. And I was thinking about old British people. And this person popped in my head. So I went with Jonathan Price, um, who was Elizabeth Swan's father yeah. in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, and as well as. Many, many, many other things throughout his entire career. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Price has been very, very busy in his yes. life, uh, but he has always been that great, like, just a British dickhead. Like, and well, he does he great it on, so well on Game of Thrones as the priest. Yeah, of, he was one um, of the, Everybody was in Game of Thrones. I know. Yeah. So, but yeah, I picked him. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you have? So this is the one thing I always, I know we've talked about this before. I always found it weird, like, the parents, and and this is probably because of the way we are now, where it's like, I put in actors in their 50s. They don't look like they're that old that they were showing, so no. I still stuck around in that Jonathan kind of... Price is in his 70s. Yeah, I stuck around a very younger, uh, not a younger age group, I stuck around people born in, like, the 70s, so around their 50 mark. Um, I went with Timothy Spall. Spall? Spall? Mm. He's in Harry Potter. Um, Wormtail? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not just... He's done other things. He's no, not just Harry he's Potter. he's only been a no. <laughs> He's not even known for that on his IMDb page. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy does a lot. He does a lot. Yes. And not to be mean to him, I kind of chose him because he's not that, like... He's frumpy. Good-looking. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of that everyday working-class man look. And that's what I wanted because he does go and wait for a party... It mm-hmm. goes into like one in the morning, two in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm just a tired. He has an odd, he has an odd job. Yeah. yeah. So, and I feel like Timothy Small is that kind of good portrayal of that kind of character who's just this like father that doesn't really do anything around the house, but oh, I got a waiting job tonight. I'm off and mm-hmm. away he goes. So, yeah. Wormtail. He did do a good job as Wormtail. Yes, he did. Everyone did good jobs. Mm. Most people did good jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, who's next? The landlady or Joe? The landlady. The landlady. Um, played by Mary Alt. 
A-U-L-T. I don't know how you would say that. A-U-L-T. Yeah. yeah, alt. So she is also known for this movie, and as well, known for Penny Hawthorne. Um, as well as Major Barbara. Not Colonel Blood, Major Barbara. That, that's Colonel Blood's <laughs> wife, so. And Carnival in 1946. Carnival. Um, she was born in 1870 and died in 1951 yeah. at 80. I mean, she had a good life. Yeah. Well, she had a life. She you, did go through about two world wars, so. <laughs> she definitely went through two. <laughs> yeah. But so. anyways, okay. Yeah. Can I get thumb up? You're up, yeah. So, again... I was looking for people in their 50s, and I was not looking for attractive older ladies. Um, and that's not a shot at the actress I chose. It sounds like it. Shots in the dark. Um, <laughs> I did go for more of a comedic actress, which I thought was interesting. I went for Catherine Tate. Definitely more comedic. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like she could bring a little bit of comedy to it, but she would probably still be able to do a bit more. Maybe I'm just because of how they look, but what's the age difference between those two actors? They're about the same. Really? Yeah. Maybe, I had to look this is up. Is it just because Timothy Spall looks so much older? Like, I, and I know Catherine Tate for more things? Well, you know Catherine Tate mainly from... Uh, Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Let me pull it up if I can. I believe you. So, okay. Catherine Tate was born in 1969. Okay. And Timothy Spall... While we're doing this, um, but you know what? She she's a comedian. No, no, totally. And, I just, but I feel like she's also that kind of. But that could be one of those things. Like um, John Oliver and The Rock are the same age. Yeah. But you would never guess that by looking at the two people. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Timothy Spall, 1957. Yeah. So not that bad. Yeah. yeah. Just over ten years. Oh, he, he's a little bit different, but just over ten years. Yeah. yeah. But still, he he's got that more of a. And you kind of want her to be more active, I guess, because she's around the house doing stuff. 100%. And I picked someone who could be more active. Who'd you pick? So I picked someone who I wanted to be inquisitive and because, like, she kind of is the driving force in this Mm -hmm. movie because Joe seems a bit adult. Like, even even with the music choice that they have with Joe versus Mm -hmm. they have with The Lodger, it's more like jovial and stuff with Joe, and he's like making jokes and flipping coins. Hey, here's a coin. And and it's like, I bet we catch him by Tuesday. Yeah. Make me some coffee. So, like, so the landlady's kind of more like the driving force in the movie. Um, So I picked Imelda Stanton. Okay. Um, Yeah. Umbridge. Yeah. Um, so, we all know and love her as Umbridge, one of the best villains of all time. Shit, maybe she's the murderer. <laughs> no one is good as my Daisy. No one is good. You, none of you can have her. Um, I'm really her. <laughs> what is going on in this movie? But I kind of wanted somebody like. Did you ever see one uh, last night in Soho? Yes. So kind of like that, where the old woman turns out to be the murderer. Spoiler alert for one last night in the Soho. Right? Like, but she was so good and creepy in that. Mm -hmm. Right? And that was, um, I can't remember her name. The older lady? Yeah. Um, she was, she's a veteran of the film industry. Yeah, the original Emma Peel from the uh, the Avengers. Hmm? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, she, um. Huh. That movie was great, and I think Imelda Staunton would do great. She, she would do great. I didn't realize until later that I picked Queen Elizabeth II and Prince Philip from the third season of The Crown. <laughs> they go, so, they but go I'm like, together. and then I, and then I kept, I kept trying to like replace one of them. I'm like, nah, screw it. <laughs> so, but yeah, okay, you can give it. I give it to you. Yeah. Okay. Um, Joe the detective? Joe the police detective, i.e. the Avenger. Malcolm Keane, <laughs> who is known for the man, the Mannix Man, mm. um, this movie, mm-hmm. Scotland Yard Commands, and something called Park Lane. Oh. Do you think Scotland Yard was looking for the blood colonel? <laughs> colonel Blood? Colonel Blood. <laughs> With help from um, Major, Major Barbara. Major. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he made it all the way to 82. 
Oh, that's yeah. good. He was born in 1887 and died in 1970. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. A while ago. Uh, Michael, I guess. Yep. Yep. Um, right. I'm just trying to remember who, where this person was from. I picked um, Jacob Anderson. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good choice. <laughs> he played Grey Worm in uh, Game of Thrones. Um, he was also mm-hmm. recently in Doctor Who as um, a character whose name I'm forgetting, but very quite good. Um, it was a forgettable season of Doctor Who. It was Jodie Whittaker's last. Um, but yeah, he's a very good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, he is... Oh, crap. He's in something coming up and that I want to see, so I'm going <laughs> to look him up. Sorry, I'm just... He's in something. You know, you know, you have these people in mind. And you're like, oh, they, I want to have them for this reason. And then when no. you get to that, you're like, why did I pick this person? <laughs> mm. No, I get it. Yeah. So, but um, very like we all liked Grey Worm. Well, don't, don't don't speak for all of us. We you didn't, didn't like him. All right. He was all right. Right. That's what it is. He wanted to kill John. Snow. He's in the Interview with the Vampire series. Uh, okay. That Dan I Ray's really one? really want to see on TV. Um. So. Yeah. yeah. He wanted to kill Jon Snow. He, he doesn't get a... Well, lots of people wanted to kill Jon Snow. And guess what? No. Jon Snow deserved to die. No, twice. He no, he didn't. Well, maybe the first time. But he came back. <laughs> That's his life sentence done. He was also in Overlord, which was a really good, weird World War II zombie film. But yeah. Didn't have Fu Manchu played by Nicolas Cage in it. But No, it did not. <laughs> no, it did not. No, uh, okay. I, I like it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Do you want to know mine? Nope. Mm-hmm. Moving on. <laughs> Good job, everybody. Moving on. Um. So for Joe, are you done? Sorry. I yeah, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> so for Joe, um, I wanted somebody more serious, because like you said, this guy was like pretty jovial and. Just like kind of wanders in. Look at my handcuffs. Woohoo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that but, was a weird scene. Yeah. Weird. Um, I wanted somebody that could probably do a, a bit more serious, but also kind of try to be, I don't know, that borderline of, okay, yeah, he's really looking out for Daisy, but he's also kind of creepy in his own sense. Yeah. He's um, possessive. Yeah. Um, so I went for somebody who, from what I've seen, can do really good serious acting i went for george mckay mckay uh lance corporal Schofield in 1917 i thought i recognized he was the main the main guy the main guy the one that just follows him great movie and he does great in that movie um and that's kind of that was where i pulled him out from because i'm like we're on the same era too yeah (laughs) (laughs) so he could play that very well um and yeah just playing this more serious straight focused police detective who Mm -hmm. then finally gets assigned to the case and i kind of want him in the beginning to be pushing to be on that i mean you don't have to show up it'd be like "Ah, i've been talking to the police chief because i want to i want to nab this guy but he can even be bragging in the kitchen be like yeah you know if they put me on the case i'd have i'd have it solved i'd figure it out in no time yeah i kind of want it because of that there's that one story of the guy who managed to trick everybody into thinking he was like a police detective to look for, I think it was a murderer or a drug dealer or something that was him. Like he conned the police department to put him in the head of investigations of it. And it was actually him. So that's kind of what I want with Joe is like, he's pushing himself to get on there because he can be like, Oh, and it's 1920 where, you know, John Mulaney will say it's easy to get away with. (laughs) Yeah. We got some blood over here. Gross. Clean it up. <laughs> Move along. Um, but yeah, so George McKay. And yeah. he's a great actor. Yeah. Like that movie was phenomenal. Yes, it was. Uh, one of the things I did want to point out with the with the triangle of people here mm-hmm. um, is the fact that I, I want there to be obviously chemistry between Daisy and Joe mm-hmm. because, you know, they're supposed to be a couple, right? But I want it to be very clear that he's not listening to her. That he um, doesn't isn't involved in her interests and stuff like that. It's just she's a possession to be had. Yeah. Um, and then, then when the lodger comes around, he's interested in her. They're talking. They play chess together. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like it, I want it to be way more about like a meeting of minds, right? Yeah. Um, whereas 
this because you can't get the conversations they don't really cut don't really have come across right and that, but that's where i want what you kind of see where joe hangs out with the parents mm -hmm. more than he hangs out with daisy yeah and that's how he's like winning her mm -hmm. over because it's basically winning the parents over to be like oh i want to well, marry your daughter yeah and then they're just gonna, gonna even like, he even says that he says as soon mm -hmm. as i put as soon as I put handcuffs on the Avenger, I'll ring on him. I'll put a ring on her. Yeah. So. Yeah. Speaking of her, shall we talk about Daisy? Talk about Daisy. June Trip. June Trip. Who was known for this movie, The River, where she was the narrator. Um, the Yellow Claw. And Forever and a Day. Forever and a day. None of those movies were her. Like, it's this one. The lodger just says as June, voice as June Hilleman. Oh, um, the yellow claw was just as June, <laughs> and then yeah, as June. They really didn't give a shit about uh, female actors back then, did they? <laughs> no, nope. you don't deserve a last name. Nope, you're just a June. You're so, just June. Yeah. So, uh, Mike, or your go. Um, I believe it's my go. I believe it is. Uh, you already brought it up once. Uh, speaking of last night in Soho, I went with Anna Taylor-Joy. See, I didn't want to go with her or Florence Pugh just because they were a little too on the nose. I know. <laughs> but I needed to yeah, go. Yeah, she's perfect. She's perfect. Yeah. She has the natural blonde. Apart from this role. She's just perfect. <laughs> Anna, come on the show. <laughs> Yeah, because she's listening to us. How do you know? She could be one of our three listeners. Would that not be really ridiculous if somebody famous was one of the three people that listened to us? You'd, you'd think if somebody famous was listening to us, they would have reached out by now. No, no, because they were like, you know what? We don't. I don't want to bug them. I'm just, I'm just here to keep if, score. How many times do they use me? If Seth Rogen is listening, come on on. You can bring Jay Baruchel with you. <laughs> oh, no. um, anyways, so yeah. I mean, I'm with you. It was hard. I went yeah. through a variety of actresses. And every time I was like, nope. Nope. I'm like, could work, but doesn't have quite that. And I was just like, she's... And she has the, the horror-y chops with mm. The Witch and Last Night in Soho oh. and recently The Menu. Yeah. Right, so yeah. Yeah, and she just and split. Oh yeah, yeah. She was the girl in Split. I was trying. I was trying to think of who the other girl was that ended up in um, Glass, but I can't remember. Mm. But yeah, Split. Yeah. But yeah, who who's yours? Oh, um, because I didn't want to go for those two. Mm -hmm. Third place. No, of course. Not. Third place goes to. <laughs> um, again. I, I feel this actress has been very, very good in certain roles mm -hmm. and then given really shitty versions of other roles. I don't think are her fault. So I picked Sophie Turner. Okay. Phoenix was not her fault. Phoenix was <laughs> not her fault. Um, but she was great on Game of Thrones. I think she did really, really well in a part that was very, very hard. Um, she was a powerhouse on Game yes. of Thrones. Um, and I think that that can get translated into this. Also being... A naturally blonde girl mm -hmm. does help. Um, so, yeah. and she's great. She's very much, I mean, one of the problems with Game of Thrones, I think actors and actresses, is they worked really well all together and the writing failed them. Mm -hmm. um, we don't need to hash out season whatever it was of Game no, of Thrones again. But that's also like we've talked about like Daisy Ridley. Rid mm -hmm. I was going to say Riddler. Daisy Ridley. <laughs> Daisy Ridley, like... She's a good actress, but those movies did not really help help her. They were too disjointed to really... But let's face it, Star Wars has had a bad habit of making good actors not go anywhere. Oh, I know. Like, look what happened to Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Right? What are you talking about? She's been in a variety of things. She has, but like... She was in Blues Brothers. <laughs> I always forget she's in Blues Brothers. <laughs> She had a she had a much better career as a writer. Oh yeah, and an incredibly good, like punch up writer. Like they would finish mm -hmm. scripts and then hand them to her and be like, "Make this funny," and then she would. 
because she was she was hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, and the other thing is, sorry. Speaking mm-hmm, of Game okay. of Thrones, like I had uh, Maisie Williams Williams down for possibly the role of Daisy, but I'm like, this is going to sound really weird for not choosing her. I feel like she's too short. That is really weird. Like I, I don't know. I just feel like because I mean she's in that kind of age range now where she could probably play off this part. But I was like, eh, she's too short. And doesn't have blonde hair. Okay. But anyways. Okay. Sorry. Side note, while we were talking, I was reviewing the murder scene of the sister. And our next guy is not in okay. the reaction shots. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like, I could have sworn he was one of the, he was one of the guy with the slick black brown hair. And but the... there was a variety of them that all looked the same. Again, one of the problems with black and white films. Yeah. Especially when you light, lit, light them the way he lit them, which was dark. Yeah. Right, like, um, and plus everybody probably had the same makeup to really yeah, pull out yeah. their. But like when you watch things like for like Chaplin or uh, Buster Keaton, yeah, where it's all bright and everything, way easier to. Um, yeah, I have seen a bunch of. Um, way Charlie easier Chaplin. to tell who's who, but when you do things like this, and even with Talgari before it, mm-hmm. like it's really hard to tell who's who when it's all yeah. dark and stuff like that. We, we haven't done a Chaplin yet, have we? We have not. Mm. Yeah, or a Keaton. We've only done the two silent films, remember? Maybe one month we'll do a silent film month. We had that planned, but it, we um, it's it's not exactly easy to do silent films. No, we know. Yeah, so because it's a lot of like the story is <laughs> hidden, and it's all physical. Okay, yeah. anyways, the lodger, the lodger, played by Evo Shandor. Evo, Sh- <laughs> that's J.K. Simmons, <laughs> and you will not take that away from him. Ivor. Novello. Novella. Um, yeah. So. I almost thought this was a guy from Dr. Caligari at first. Well, he's a Welsh actor, apparently. Mm. I wouldn't oh. get that from the name. Oh, the Welsh. <laughs> um, he is known for The Lodger um, as an actor. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Is he known for the sequel? Uh, or not the sequel, the remake? Because he was in the remake... Where they talked, as the as the lodger again. Nope, he's not known for that. He is known for the writer of When Boys Leave Home in 1927, oh. and two soundtracks, Gosford Park in 2001, uh, where he has he has the Waltz of My Heart, and Glamorous Night, and Atonement in 2007 for the soundtrack where he has Keep the Home Fires Burning. I'm assuming he was some sort of a singer or or a pianist. Um, yeah. Well, he had to be popular because one of the, the the things I talked about said they didn't want a popular actor or a popular star. They don't mm-hmm. say actor. So like, this came out in 27? Uh, yeah. yeah. So he had The Triumph of the Rat, The Rat, The Man Without Desire, Bonnie Prince Charlie, The White Rose, Bohemian Girl, Carnival. Yeah, he did quite a few things. Mm-hmm. The Call of the Blood. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Call of the Blood was the name His of the movie. His first movie, Marika, the Child of the Bear, mm-hmm. he played Ivor. Huh. <laughs> like, what What name do you want? My name. Give me my name. <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> he was born in 1893 and died in 1951 mm. at the age of 58. So, none of these actors lived that long. Some of them lived one to the 80s. Of, one but lived like, to 80. That's pretty long. Yeah. You went through two world wars. That's, you know. Good point, good point, good point. And several bombings of London. I think you you lived a long life. Sure, sure. Hey, wait. We didn't do Junes. Junes? Oh. Oh, no. So June was born in 1901. 1901. And died in 1985. Oh. At the age of 83. Okay. But January 14th. So nobody in this movie... Was alive when we were alive. <laughs> nope. Nobody what about Hitchcock? When did Hitchcock die? Um, I don't think we were alive when he was alive. No, I think we, we were. Were we? I think we were. No, we weren't. 80. No. Yeah. God, he was born in 1899? <laughs> okay, when we did this, and I looked up his first film, yeah. I told you this, Chris. Yeah. I, did, I knew he was old. But I never, ever expected his first movie to be a silent film. No. 
and not let alone because well, you don't think... let alone four or five of his first movies were all silent. silent films. But you gotta think, we know Hitchcock because of Psycho, because of yeah Birds, because exactly. of all these all these films that are like yeah. quintessential film mm-hmm. industry films, not silent films. Nope. Yeah, so it took me completely by surprise. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Anyway, who is your lodger? Um, is it Michael first? I think it's so. Michael first. Um, so I wanted somebody who I knew could get the emotion across, plus be a an attractive man that has mm. mystery to him and all that stuff. So I picked Dev Patel. Nice. I think Dev Patel has the emotional resonance and the intelligence in the way he acts and talks to get across a character of this magnitude. Because I really do feel that the Lodger is a really, really good character. Mm-hmm. And I feel that they portray him in a really good way as best they can in a silent film. And that a person who can write this will make him an incredibly, incredibly deep and well-thought-out character. And I think Dev Patel could play that really well. Did you see The Green Knight? I have not seen The Green Knight. So it, it's it's a, an experience. I, I would say watch it it's one of those films i will probably not watch again i and i I do like the green knight story um from arthur legend like it it kind of follows it's very artistic but dev patel in it is amazing Mm -hmm. and i've never seen him in a movie where he was bad avatar no he wasn't bad no he wasn't i i think he he did really well. I think the actor that did Iroh in that movie was well. Jensen. But that was yeah. But that wasn't the right casting for him. I know that's not the him. actor's name, but he plays Jensen yeah. in um, Iron Man. <laughs> but I thought he did amazing at being that job, like being that role. Yeah. They just did not do that movie justice, which makes me look forward to at least the Netflix series. Though who knows. <laughs> I guess I'm up. You are up. My lodger. I went a little different than you. Um, I went for somebody that... I don't know how to put this. I went for somebody that I feel like would be a little bit more of an awkwardness to him, which would kind of, you know, what the lodger had and, and do that more of like a mystery that he's just more kind of this weirdly socially awkward and you don't know why until later you find out he's basically on the hunt for his sister's killer. Um, I went with Daniel Portman. Game of Thrones. Podrick. Got it. He doesn't look like the big round no, no. guy anymore. He, he yeah. buffed up a bit. But <laughs> like like how Game of Thrones. There were hundreds of people in that stupid Daniel show. Daniel Portman. Come on. <laughs> played Podrick. No, but he played Podrick great. And Podrick was that kind of weird, socially awkward squire hanging around them all and just but then he kind of redeems himself and all that and i think daniel portman would be able to play this really well sounds so, good yeah <sighs> you forgot what we're doing next week i did I have all right down somewhere in here but i don't know where i put it so hey everybody you can find our podcast on most podcast services check us out search for recasted if you can't find recasted you should there's at least three or four other podcasts <laughs> No, they're all good. You should listen to everybody's, but come listen to ours. We have a lot of episodes. Find your favorite movie. Uh, search us out. We're on Instagram, Facebook, all those. Just search Recasted Podcast. Well, Hassa constantly searches. You can typically find me on Instagram as well as on the Etsy store at the Canuck Comic Guy store. I'm hoping by this time this episode comes out, the store is up and running and we can get there. But uh, it is currently probably still on hiatus. We'll see. The new year will come. It'll reopen again. Yeah. And that was our first theatrical release of Alfred Hitchcock's The Lodger, A Story of the London Fog. We didn't even talk about the fact that it's a story of the London Fog and it doesn't talk about the London Fog. It's weird. It's very true, actually. But do you finally remember what we're doing next week? Nope. Do I need to keep talking? No, I'm just going to pause. Filler. Okay. So, <laughs> we sorted it out. We figured it out. Our next film is the most critically successful. Correct. Not the most popular because, if we're going to be honest, most 
popular has been redone. Yeah. Especially with our good friend Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, it was Psycho, which not only had a shot-for-shot remake with Vince Vaughn, but (laughs) had a TV show recently uh, based on it. so. So, most critically acclaimed successful film from hitchcock which is not psycho so from all of us here at recasted go watch shadow of a doubt